With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Welcome to Sports Day with Gary Belcher and Scott Sattler. A couple of footy legends covering all things sport. For Kia, the all-new Kia Sorento has landed. And Red Energy for 100% Australian electricity and gas. Howdy and welcome to the show. Badge and Sats here with you Thursday night. For uh, us normal people, it's three sleeps till the grand final. Scotty Sattler, what's it for you? Two sleeps. Don't sleep the last night. Are you have nana naps on Fridays, I will not. I'm really nervous. A badge. Uh, hello, listeners. As, as you well. should be. And I, I felt this way last year when my side was in the grand final. Of the Raiders. Um, it's it's a. I'm a, an ex- excited, excited nervous. and proud, yeah. but also quite nerve wracking, isn't it? I, I mean, I can't remember back to 2003. My mind is quite cloudy at the best of times, but I think I'm more nervous for this game than I was 17 years ago. Uh, I'm sure you were pretty edgy, Sats. That was your. First grand final, wasn't it, in the it was. top grade? And, uh, Does under-19s count? No. For Runaway Bay? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On the Gold Coast, the Runaway yeah. Bay? Oh, mm. yeah, no, that would count. Yeah, they were a mighty side. Uh, yeah, we'll give you the latest <laughs> NRL news pretty soon throughout the show. Um, we'll, give you, we'll talk about the tips and whatever for the grand final. Uh, Felice Cafusi from the Melbourne Storm is going to join us. Fine player. Yeah, very good player. Really nice uh, young lad as well. So um, we have had um, – we had Brian To'o. On, was it last night? Yeah, it was last night. Yeah, How refreshing is it? Yeah, well, yeah, very good, very good. So we thought we'd be You know what surprised me, Badge? We asked Brian Toto about the tunes that they play because apparently he's responsible for the, the big boombox, the, the ghetto blaster and what music is played. That would played. annoy me in a dressing room if someone bought that, if you didn't like the music. Mm. Like, what if, what if you don't like that music? Well, I thought it would have been all the... Yeah, I don't. Oh, if it's Duftoff, I don't think I could play Well, I thought it would have been Duftoff, but when he said it was like Venga Boys and things like that, that's... I don't think they would have been born when the Venga Boys were bringing out their classics. Keep talking. I'm yeah. googling what a Venga Boy is. Venga Boy is a group. Are they like the Beastie Boys? No. <laughs> okay. You're getting there, but that's well done. <laughs> Just the only one I could think of. <laughs> the Beach Boys. The Venga Boys. <laughs> uh, so we'll have a chat with Felice Cafusi uh, in a little while. Our hot topic uh, all around the grand final. Of course, Chris Nelson uh, will join us with a racing Queensland update. Um, but before we do anything else, we'll do this. Sports Day, Sports Update. Are the Dally M's broken? Is there an issue with the Dally M's and the voting system or something? I've started reading a story today. You're going to explain it a bit more, Sats, about maybe changing how it works. I don't think it's broken because anyone who thinks it's broken believes that Jack Whiten doesn't deserve the Dally M this year. And he is one of probably three or four or five players that I I believe mm. deserve to, to win the Dally M. Um, now, we spoke last week, and I did make mention, I thought that Nathan Cleary would have won it by the length of the straight. But actually, when you break it all down, Badge, and you realise that he missed two weeks, two weeks in rugby league when you've got a 20-round season, is yeah, 
You got 18 rounds the to win the Dally M. On now, that average, he would have won. Exactly. So um, the the format that Peter Volandis is hoping to put in front of the commission, or and I think it's a good yes, one, yeah, yes. is the old rating the players out of 10. As, the as Rugby League Week used to Wednesday, do. Every Wednesday, we used to look at the Rugby League Week. Oh, yeah. And if you got a six, you, you just hated the person that was oh, the judge. I got a six. I was over the moon. Mm. Gee, I've had fours the last three weeks. And um, so he, he wants to look at uh, judges giving every player that participates in that game a score out of one to ten. Mm. Uh, I think it's I think it's a tremendous idea because Nathan Cleary also you got to remember that he played in such a good team this year that there are very good players that are taking points off each other and we see that that happens in in very good sides. Now um, with the one to ten, it means that every player gets some score that, that gets accumulated throughout the year. Badge, you and I spoke about it off air. I, I, I... I do like it in the fact that there's a, there was some anomalies in that. When I, in that, uh, all the judging, I'm really happy with the results at the end of the Dally M's this year. Of course you would be, as a Raiders player. Payne Haas. Yeah. How hell did he go? He only polled votes in two games. He mm. got a, th- and probably the two games they won, the Broncos, a, a three and a two. Or they win three games. But he got three in one game and two in the other. Josh Papali. Josh Papali got nine votes. Yet, yet we kept, Saying he's, he's he's up there with the best every week. I tell you what, what happens as well as that. So, so yeah, you're right. So Payne Haas, no matter if his team's beaten by fifty, he could still get an eight out of ten. Exactly because of the way he plays, and he, we're probably getting it that quite. It's often. a really good way to explain it. And as a judge, I don't know how many times I've sat there. Sometimes you go, wow, how am I going to separate these players? These I agree, guys have been yeah. outstanding. There's other times when I think, oh, I wish I could just give out six ones. Yep, you're right because they've all been pretty good. And it's been a pretty average dower game, and no one has stood out. So well, I think this could be a uh, a great idea. I wonder what you think. If you want to uh, join in, give us a give us a buzz, a call one three hundred forty two fifteen thirty three, or that uh, text line. Sats, what's your text number? Zero four double seven seven three six. Seven three six. I like the idea, mm. and I agree with you, Badge. Well, I, I didn't like it when we started talking about it, but now I do. Well, you've explained it to me. Nice. The Dally M is an individual award. It's not a team award. So a team that is finishing in the top, the bottom four or bottom five, what it may be, under this new scoring system, we, yeah, may, everyone's a chance. we may see the leaderboard. We, we see a, a Pat Carrigan or a you know, Payne Haas or a Josh Jackson. Yes. Who is, whose team is not winning many games. Now, generally, you win the game, your team's going to get threes and twos and maybe mm. – the loser, if you lose by a big margin, might you might get a one. You might at best get a two. So yeah, that that'll all change. That'll probably bring some real balance to it. It's going to be based out of yeah. I like it. I like it. I think we've explained it. well What enough. I don't like is how the AFL still use the same the same judging, where the umpires are the ones that oh that stinks. Picks the points. That's no good. I mean, they've got to worry about they, other they, things. They don't know. If oh. I was an umpire in. AFL, I'd be going up. I'd be asking people to help me mm. that have watched the game specifically, maybe unbiased, you know, journos or or, or or coaches from each team, whatever. Try to find out something because you, yeah, how do you judge the best game? There, there was a player that in rugby league notorious for shaking hands with the ref after every game and won a big award back yeah. in the eighties. I think it was the seventies. Oh, seventies. Yeah, was it? Yeah, okay, mm. so. Okay. Now, there's a great story around uh, Sats about your one of your Panthers' favourites, James Fisher-Harris, and his uh, quiet demeanour off the field. Yeah, well, 
And he's a bit different on the field. During our NRL Nation calls, Badge, as, as you know that I allude to all the time, that I think in his spare time he's a serial killer. James Fisher. You has. can't say that. Like, he is. That's, you can't say He's that. a frightening looking human. Uh, he's got those scary eyes, um, very quiet and unassuming. Ivan Cleary actually says that when he first came over from New Zealand, he had this really thick, broad, northern, North Island, New Zealand accent. And he used to live with Corey Harrell, Wiranara, who we seem to forget was actually at Penrith. And, mm. and he used to have to always. Um, Try and well, interpret for interpret him. for him to a lot of the players because he's so quiet and he, he he mumbled when he spoke and and he used to always have to you know sort of decipher to the rest of the teammates. So what they did last year, and I actually like this concept. Um, we see a lot of players over the years, Badger, that are gentlemen off the field. My father's one of them, gentlemen off the field. Uh, so sh- he's he's chivalry. He's um, got great humility, but as soon as they put the mouth guard in, it switches clicks a switch at the back of their throat that turns them into some sort of demon, some evil person. Well, aggressive. Aggressive. Animal. Yeah. And James Fisher-Harris sits at that table because when he goes on the field, apparently he morphs into a completely different athlete. Now, I like what Ivan Cleary and his coaching staff did last year. During games, they mic'd up some of their players because they wanted to try and improve the young – they, they realised they had a lot of young players. They realised they were – trying to build something pretty special with his young playing group. But they wanted to try and improve their communication on the field. How do you mic them up? Or is it just sort of sitting under your jersey Don't know. on the collar or something? Don't know. But in the game last – the last game of the season when Penrith – they lapped at Newcastle, last game of, of last NRL season, James Fisher-Harris apparently was mic'd up. And we've seen some of the footy shows and Fox Sports shows do that over the years. He, I, that's the game where he dropped a couple of – Balls because he was trying to hang on to his microphone with one hand. And- <laughs> so it, what um, what it became clear to Ivan Clear and his and his coaching staff, and, and it was no secret to the players that played with him each and every day, is that how vocal he was on the field. Okay, on the field was just this amazing communicator amongst his teammates, telling players where to go, that he's got their insider, he's at second marker, I'm going left, you go right, whatever it may be, and it flabbergasted Ivan Cleary how how extroverted he became when he when he was on the field and it, he was really concerned about James Fisher Harrison and his inability to communicate on, oh, so on, no dramas. Front, on the field just a completely different athlete. Yeah, absolutely. Um sticking with your Panthers, Stephen Crichton, uh as as uh he was so embarrassed about a performance for the Panthers earlier this year. Was it earlier this year? Yeah, against Par- remember the game against Parramatta, Wonga Blake he Schooled him. Yeah, he did. He fed yeah. him off and he scored. And so what? He's he's now inscribed something on his mouth. Guard. His brother. His brother actually in the in the week after that, um, told him about a a verse in the in the Bible. It, um, very religious. The the Crichton brothers and the family. And it was a psalm, and it was the the passage one eighteen six, which which means I will not fear for the Lord is with me. What what can man do to me? And it was after Wonga Blake like I said, schooled him in that game. And he felt as though that um, his confidence was down. And uh, his brother, his brother um, reminded him that, um, that he does have to fear. He's had that inscribed on his mouth guard. So on his mouth guard. How big's his mouth guard? So when you look at his mouth guard now, and, and you'll see it on Sunday night, and the camera is panned on him when he scores the first try, which is what I'm thinking he's going to do. Um, he's my first try scorer. You'll see a uh-huh. psalm that's written across the front of his white mouth guard. 
And that's what it means. Oh, the, the number of the psalm, yes. not the whole. Not no, the whole. he's got Psalm well, 118. He which says, He fears it. not what man can do to him. Okay. Gives him strength. Right. And now he's playing in a grand final and Wonga Blake's not. Yes. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Uh, Panthers are going to be very excited if they get up and uh, and win the grand final. I wonder if they'll get up to the hijinks that their 2003 counterparts did, Scotty Sattler. I've read about a you guys hmm. a couple of days after the grand final hijacking a bus. Is this true? <laughs> yeah, it was actually. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> um, we'd gone to one of the, the hotels, one of the local watering holes. And yeah, it was... It was Grey Gums or no, it was the Pioneer Hotel, a local haunt of MGs right. when he was playing his day. And we had to get to a fan day at at Penrith Stadium where all the fans are turning up and we're taking So this a, is like the Tuesday or this the is Wednesday? The Tuesday, the Tuesday after. Yeah, a Tuesday after, two days later. And we realised we had to get there and we didn't know how we were going to get there. And I don't think anyone really had their mobile phones or – mobile phones are only really early back then, but – um. And no one had cars, of course. We had heaps of fans that were following us from pub to pub, but obviously they were in no state to to drive to it. drive anyway. Um, we didn't have time to call cabs, and there wasn't a lot of cabs in in Penrith as Too well. Too tight. So we ran out on the Northern Road, which is one of the main drags. The great Northern yeah, Road, yeah, runs um, parallel to to Mulgoa by a couple of kilometres, and and um, we hailed down a bus, and the guy stopped, and. He was on his route, obviously. He said, well, we've got to get to Penrith Stadium. And he said, no, that's not part of my route. We don't care. Come on, we've got to, we've got to get to Penrith Stadium. He said, that's not my, and there's other people on the bus. He said, oh, mate, I can't do it. I'm on my route. I'll get in trouble. Come on. We've just won the premiership. <laughs> and so we basically, we didn't bribe him, but we forced him. Trent Waterhouse may have played a part of, of manhandling the bus driver. No. And, yeah, he drove us to Penrith Stadium. We got out of the bus and we got to the, the fan day in time. Oh, what are the other people on the bus? No, they loved it. Then, they, okay. Yeah, we were singing the team song. We were teaching them the team song oh, on, the, on the bus. So beautiful. I don't know whether that bus driver kept his job or not. Oh, I'm not quite sure. I'm sure he did. Yeah. Doing the right thing by the Panthers. Good stuff. Jimmy Hooper. Remember, you know, Jimmy Hooper now with Fox Sports? Yes, yes. He was a very young journo back then. Right. And he got sent out to the Peachtree Hotel on Monday after the grand final. And uh, he was asked to do a story, and he's told by then famous journalist Chippy Fralingos, who was the editor of um, of Daily Telegraph back then. He said, "If you get a story, we'll if you spend the whole day with him." So after the grand final, we we're going to the bus to get on the bus and go to Penrith. And he was trying to do a story with a couple of the players. We said, "Get on the bus." And he goes, "You serious?" He said, "Yeah, come on the bus with us." Right. And so he he came out to um, Panthers the Leagues Club with us on the Sunday night and then all night with us on the Sunday night and then Monday at the Peachtree Hotel and he was worse for wear by then. He had his shirt ripped off him and he wasn't a journo then. He was just a, a rugby league fan. And then Peter Flingo said, you're going to get the front page on Tuesday. My day is a premier. And then Monday afternoon, Paul Kent arrived at the Peachtree Hotel and said, has anyone seen Jimmy Hooper? We go, oh, yeah, he's here somewhere. <laughs> He says, <laughs> his dictaphone was just smashed into pieces on the ground. And we found him asleep in the cubicle with nah. a trough lolly in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Did he get the big story? No, he nah. didn't. Paul Ken had to do it. <laughs> oh, you got it. Terrible. Terrible. Righto. Uh, let's swing over to the Melbourne Storm a bit because they are playing in this grand final 
as well. We were talking on our hot topic last night about Cameron Smith. How will he be regarded uh, when he's finished playing? Will he be up there as the greatest of all time or thereabouts? Um, Craig Bellamy had this to say. Yeah, for me, he's probably go down as uh, the best player that, that I've seen. Um, and I, I go on the line of, you know, what I see as, you know, greatness, I suppose, in our games and in, and in the life in general is, you know, how, how good do you do what you do, um, but how long do you do it for? I haven't seen a better player play at this level or the level that he plays at um, and for doing that for such a long, long time. Outstanding for a long time. And I, and after Grant, I've heard a lot of people say that they uh, yeah, they think he's right up there. And that's, that's up to everyone, your opinion. And you can chime in again, 0477-736-736. Paul Kent on NRL 360 as well. He reckons after retirement, Cameron Smith will still polarise people. Oh, I disagree about this. I think once he's retired, um, everyone's just going to look back and, and clear their eyes of who he played for. Uh, whether they like that team or not, I think and, we've all done that as as yeah, fans of the game. Years later, when they retire, like, yeah, that's after after people retire. Yeah. And you, um, but he reckons it's uh, around the two premierships that were stripped from Melbourne. Cameron wanted to uh, try to get them reinstated, and he said he you know he signed two contracts. He's never admitted to it. That's not on field stuff. We're not talking about the off field stuff. Yeah. If, if we're talking about off field stuff, you know, the greats like Andrew Johns would not be immortalised, and that would be it. A travesty, and, yep. and there's other players that have signed con- un- under the table contracts back in the day. There's all that sort of stuff. We're purely looking at what he's done on the field, and from that sense, I think I got no doubt at all he's right up there with the best. Now, I I, I believe what you said, Badge, about and this is off air. You and I are talking about this, and you know, three, four, five years, you you tend to you tend to to dampen your view of or your negative view of a player if you had while they were playing. You, you tend to look at them as their overall career, because he's current and because he's in the moment, he's going to have some detractors. But I'm a little bit like you. I've got players that when they were playing, I thought, oh, I'm not quite sure. And But then you know, whether it's on-field or off-field, and then when they've retired, I've I've, I've gathered a, a greater appreciation of their career. Paul Gallon was one for me. You're right. Yeah, when he played, I thought, you know, sometimes does he stifle his team with some of the his involvements? I'm not quite sure. He's a little bit outspoken and – but then, as he's retired, I've really appreciated his career. Mm, you know, great career. Take the the drug scandal out of it, and a lot of other players are involved in that. He's really been the flag bearer for that, and and suffered a lot of the the focus around that. There are other players involved, but outside of that, I, I feel as though that I've got a greater appreciation of what he not only brought to his Cronulla side, but New South Wales as well. You know, he's he captained that side that that broke the dominance for Queensland for a lot of the years in 2014. Mm. So I think we all have those appreciations of players later on yep. after they retire. I think I think that in that five years we wait before any player can become a, you know, a legend of the game or a mortal yeah. or whatever it is. It's uh, that is very relevant. A bit of other news around in the NRL. James Roberts is going to be let go. It seems by. South Sydney uh, could pop up at a few clubs. He's got another year to go, hasn't he, his contract badge? believe so. Yep. Uh, Whether that's an option. Yeah, Parramatta, because we don't know what's happening with Michael Jennings. Yeah, well... That would be a long-winded process. That that B sample doesn't doesn't come out within weeks, does it? From what we've seen, Mm. recent history, uh, Bronson Sherry and uh, James Seguiaro, they're in in no hurry from what we've seen. So um, they might need to get someone sooner rather than later to to fill in that role. Um, I'm just not quite sure. I'm not quite sure what position he plays. Badge. 
I sometimes feel as though when James Roberts plays in the centres, he plays himself out of the game. I sometimes feel as though when he's on the wing, you've got no option but to be heavily involved. Maybe maybe as a winger because he doesn't really offer great service to his outside man. He's, well, he's just not a passer. Get hold of the footy and go. Yeah. So maybe as a winger, it gives him the opportunity to maybe play like a little bit of a Nathan Blacklock role. Remember, he used to just just hover around the middle of the field when he wanted. Um, could, could he be the player that that the South Sydney Rabbitohs could swap for Josh Adokar? Would Melbourne be interested in him? Depends what style of player that the club wants. Now, Melbourne Storm have always had big, tall wingers. Suliasi, Josh Adokar has got a really good leap, a really good high leap. Um, James Roberts probably wouldn't fit that. Hence why if Josh Adokar goes to, say, the Bulldogs, it's a Dallin Wattini Zelesnak or Remus Smith. Remus Smith, I think, is apparently has been in the frame See, too. He, he's a good, talented Well, kid. let's move on to Josh Adokar. You know, playing this Sunday, and he, of course, he's trying to wipe all this out of his mind and, and he, he put all those negotiations on hold. He just let the club try and sort it out because the deal will be there's got to be a like-for-like player. Now, it's not about who's going to offer the most money or what club that Josh Adokar would like to go to. It merely comes down to which club has the most like-for-like player. I don't think you can get a like-for-like for Josh Adokar, but what is the most like-for-like player? And we just mentioned two then. Wateni Zelaznyak, Remus Smith. Mm, could be options. Mm. Okay, uh, better get to our racing news now. Here's Chris Nelson. Now on Sports Day, time for a Racing Queensland update. Queensland is racing. Visit racingqueensland.com.au. Ah, Thursday night, Chris Nelson must be on the phone. Hello, Chris. How are you, Jase? I'm on the phone every night. Oh, well, you are, yes. (laughs) I was just trying to change it up a bit tonight, mate. Hey, thanks for for pointing that out. Mate, we are changing up tonight. We're talking about harness racing. Yeah, I just thought I'd uh, quickly run over the uh, the Albion Park Summer Carnival, which is coming up in uh, November and December. I know it's uh, a month away, but time tends to fly when you get older. Uh, November the 28th is the first night. That's the Be Good Johnny Sprint. Now, the second night, December the 5th, we've got the Queensland Cup. And on the 12th of December, we'll be the running of the Blacks of Fake, which is worth $176,000, almost, and it's the state's only Grand Circuit event. And that's the pinnacle for the Summer Carnival on night number three, December the 12th. So put those dates in your diary. And what else is happening, mate, in racing news? Well, for some of the local listeners that we've got around the Gympie area, it's Gympie Cup Day on Saturday. And, of course, the Gympie Cup forms part of the Racing Queensland Country Cups Challenge. And we've also got a, a country stampede qualifier. And that's an open race over 1,030 metres. So if you're in the area, head out to Gympie for a great day's racing. For the cup there on Saturday, and the meeting kicks off at 1.30 p.m. local time. All righty. For the latest Queensland racing news, meetings and form, visit racingqueensland.com.au. Get Racing Gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858. We'll catch you Monday, mate. Will do. Thanks, Jase. Radio, uh, before we go to the break, Sports Day's performance of the day for Giant Bicycles. We're still riding with you. I spare a thought for young Cameron Green. He's a gun young player, and he's not going to be that far off a baggy green. He got a double century. Well, he didn't. Uh, Playing for WA, he made his way. This is against New South Wales. He made his way to 197 sats. Oh, so he didn't end up getting there. And then this happened. No, that's a good ball. Big appeal. He's given out. He has been given out three short of a double century. Cameron Green cannot believe it. And batting a third day, he is out three short of a double century. The last update I heard was he was on 193. And you thought he's there. I turned it off. 
Uh, that was a draw as well, New South Wales and WA over in Adelaide. Sports Day's performance of the day for Giant Bicycles. We're still riding with you. This is Sports Day for Kia. The all-new Kia Sorento has landed. Felice Kafusi from the Melbourne Storm will join us next. You're listening to Sports Day. Have your say by dropping badge and sats a text. 0477 736 736. That's 0477 736 736. This is Sports Day. We'll be right back. We're back. This is Sports Day for Kia. The all-new Kia Sorento has landed. And red energy for 100% Australian electricity and gas. Yeah, you're listening to Sports Day. Gary Belcher, Scotty Sattler here with you. And uh, special guest time from the Melbourne Storm, Felice Kafusi is joining us. A very seasoned NRL Grand Final campaign. A walk in the park for him this week. Felice, how are you feeling, mate? Nice and relaxed? Yeah, thanks, Holly. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, feeling really, really good, actually. I had a couple of days to, to relax and let it soak in and um, looking forward to this week ahead. Hey, I've just had a look through the team from um, 2017. So just over half of the team, nine of the nine of the side, the current side, played in that winning grand final. But what about those other guys? Have you spent any time specifically with the young blokes or the, those, those players, the newcomers to, to the grand final experience to try to share your experiences with them? Yeah, look, we have a little bit. Um, you know, it's always a different ball game, you know, these finals especially grand final but um you know having played these two uh finals games already i think they've got a bit out of that but um it's a whole new ball game you know coming to the gf and i think you just got to leave it out on the on the field but you know as as for the fellas without the experience um you know just like you said we just got to look around our side and there's a lot of boys that have have been there and done it before and have been on both sides having won one one or two and, and and lost a couple as well so um, plenty of boys to talk to about that and, you know, if they're feeling nervous or uh, feeling a bit pressured, um, you know, we can, we can get around them. Now, Felice, yourself, now that you've gained so much experience as a, as a, uh, a first grader and playing a lot of grand finals and a lot of big matches, um, has your preparation changed as you've gained that experience for these big games? Not at all, <laughs> to be honest. Like, I still get nervous, obviously, um, with these big games, but um, you know, the bigger the game for me, the more relaxed I need to be. So um, I'm pretty cruisy, anyways, with my my preparation and my routine. So um, you know, sometimes nerves is a good thing. You know, I don't I don't mind being nervous. It's, it's good to feel feel that bit of nerves, but mm. um, I think the most important thing is just to embrace it. Now, many many years ago, when a group of young players would go into a, a grand final, that you know, nerves would get to a lot of them and they fear the unknown. But now that you are an experienced player, do you see that this, these current young young crop of players that are coming through, especially at your club, they, they don't seem to fear too much these days? Yeah, mate, they've been great. Um, just like you said, the, the younger fellas coming through you know, with not much finals experience, um, you know, it's like they're playing with that much confidence, which is good for us. But I guess they get that conf- confidence uh, throughout the year playing games in and out uh, through pre-season and that's where they build that confidence and that trust um, and then they're just able to back themselves so uh, it was a credit to them. What are your thoughts on this young Panthers side? Not a lot of our grand final experience but some big game experience but what are, you, what are your thoughts on them? Have you kept much of an eye on the Panthers? Oh for sure it's a bit hard not to when they're winning 17 in a row so mm. um, they're going to be a good side they don't know what losing 
really is, you know, throughout this year. So um, it'll be a tough, tough side to crack. Uh, coming in with full of full of confidence there, and um, they're hungry. You know what I mean? They're hungry. So uh, we'll be doing our best to draw on our experience uh, for these final series, and um, I think it's going to be a good game. They started that run, that 17-game winning run with a round six against uh, against you guys. So they um, they must have been a you know, uh, a pretty tough proposition that day. Is that what, what's your experience playing against a pen? Now, if you're if you're on the right side, you're going to be marking up on Viliami Kikau. That's a that's a tough task for the afternoon, isn't it? Oh, 100 percent. Oh, man, he's a big boy, big powerful boy. I was hoping to get rubbed out for two games. <laughs> but, um, look, he'll be back, and he's a bloody he's a bloody powerful human. So um, I'll have the work cut out for me on that that side, but. Uh, I'll be throwing my body into him, um, just like I did with uh, that winger from Canberra last week. You know, he knocked the daylights out of me. So, oh I'm yeah, what happened there? You, I saw that we, we were calling the game on on Friday night. Oh, I think you leave. dodged you dodged the, the the bin there. You look like you're a little bit dusty there for a while. <laughs> look, uh, he might be busting me lip. <laughs> the big Fijian winger, but um, look, I just tried to throw my old body and just got uh, come off second mess. But, uh, do you, no, it's fine. It's fine. Do you go into games, Felice? When you look at the one-on-one matchups now, this weekend you'll be you're going in, and you're going to go up against. Um, you, last week it was I think it would have been um, it was John Bateman. Yeah, yeah. Nate Croker on the left. Whitehead, no, White, Whitehead, no, Whitehead. No, Whitehead. Do you go into the games looking at one-on-one matchups and and where you can try and overcome your your opponent, or do you, do you mainly worry about what what you're going to do as opposed to what he's going to do? Bit of both. Like obviously, we do our homework. Um, we're pretty detailed down at the Melbourne Storm, so you know we look, we watch a lot of vision and um, to see what their tendencies are like. And um, for me, it's more it's more so what their edge does, not so much their individual players. But um, yeah, like I said, we just do our homework and see what their tendencies are like and seeing ways that we can shut them down. Now, are you glad that he's on your side? Because I, I'd be glad he'd be on my side because he's been a revelation this year and. Your left centre, Justin Ollum. Now he's like a scud missile, isn't he? When he tries to attack his opposition centre. Yeah, mate, he's he's been un, unreal for us, and um, it's just like a bullet gate, man. Everything he does is a hundred mile an hour. Um, yeah, last week game he come out of the line on Papali, like mm. <laughs> having the guts and heart to do that. Um, you know, speaks speaks for itself. But he's been out, outstanding for us this year, and um, you know he's worked hard enough. An off-season, pre-season to work on his game, and um, he's seeing seeing the rewards from it now. Huge cultural difference for him coming down from PNG, and of course he was at the at the uh, Falcons as well for a little bit there. What's he like off the field? He still is a bit quiet. Um, he's, got a bit, he's got a different sense of humour. Old Justin Allen, but um, you know he's backed by his whole his whole country um, in PNG. Mm. It's awesome to see the vision and. And some of the photos I get around um, on social media, you know, everyone crowding around watching this little TV just to get a glimpse of him. So, um, you know, I think that's pretty special as well. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just good to have around the group, um, seeing him watch on the field and seeing what he does. Um, pretty special. Yeah. Now, there's been a lot of talk about Cameron Smith and is he or is he, is he not retiring? And, um, you know, we know that no one really knows apart from Cam himself, who may have not even made his decision yet. But one bloke who won't be there next year, it seems, is Josh Adokar. Be some sort of send-off for him this week, do you think, Felice? 
Yeah, for sure. Um, Foxy, or Smee, like you said, no one knows what anyone's doing these days. But, um, you know, it'll be pretty nice and, and special if we can send them out on the on the best note possible, and that's that's winning this thing. Um, you know, wherever they go, they'll always have a and hold a special part in um, the Melbourne Storm, and uh, only seems fitting to try and send them off the right way. Yeah. Now we've spoken to other players about this week and, and the preparations and whatever and family. What's what's the story with um, your? Have you got your family on the sunny coast with you, and can they go to the grand final? Is that all all sorted? Yeah, I think they're still still going through there. I got family uh, with me, um, a wife and two kids, so they're sorting out how we can or how the families can travel. There's obviously biosecurity um, stuff in behind behind the scenes and border issues and stuff like that that they got to get through and special exemptions, I guess. Um, them to travel and be in a sort of secluded zone where they're not mixing in with the public, I think. So, um, yeah, tr- tricky to, that, but hopefully. yeah, very, very tricky to work it out. And then, do they go home to Melbourne? Do you, or, or back to the sunny coast? What do you do? You're going to be going into state of origin camp, so it's uh, it's yeah, it's a little bit of a uh, a tricky one for everyone concerned, isn't it? Where do you go after the grand final? How many days do you spend together before you you go, you know, back home or into camp? Yeah, for sure. It is a tricky one. Um, a lot of um, stuff going on in the background, but um, we'll definitely be coming back to Sunny Coast. Uh, we've got our reviews and our virtual uh, presentation night here on the Sunny Coast, and then after those oh, yeah. three days, uh, people will be going back home to Melbourne or um, you know, back home to their families. Well, they still got to quarantine at the same in Queensland, um, and then from there, they're, they're sort of free to go after that, that time period. Mm-hmm. Now, off grand final topic, Felice, we saw that footage getting around last week of Cam Smith uh, filming your coach trying to change a car tie. It was horrible to watch. It was like a train wreck. But did Cam end up actually helping him change the tyre or not? I hope he did because he had no bloody idea what he was doing. It's horrible, <laughs> wasn't it? It's terrible. <laughs> but um, he's probably got enough money to bloody get a new car in anyway. So <laughs> I don't know where he's trying to bloody change anyway. <laughs> True, the supercar. Hey, listen, we spoke to Ryan Hoffman last week. He gave us a really good insight to that the, the village and the family atmosphere you've been able to create on the Sunshine Coast, which has been, for both you and the Warriors, has been a real success. But after all of this, if you get to go back to Melbourne, you don't have to quarantine again next year. Who's a player you hope never to be isolated with ever again? Oh, good question. There's a few. But just one that comes at the top of my head would be Christian Walsh. Really? Wow, okay, yeah, that's big... out of the box. <laughs> I've heard that one, but yeah, he's a big pest, man. He just shuts around like, a, like he's one of the Hemworth. Hemworth uh, <laughs> we'll have to get hold uh, of the... Uh, of might, you might end up being your roomie in Origin Camp oh, just yet. Yeah, you know, I right? hope so. You better be careful what yeah. you wish oh. for, Felice. <laughs> Felice Cafusi, good luck to you and your Melbourne Storm teammates. No worries. Thank you very much, Felice. Thanks for having me. Good stuff. Uh, we better keep the ball rolling here, get to the break when we come back. Our grand final preview sports day it is for Kia. The all-new Kia Sorento has landed. You're listening to Sports Day. Have your say by dropping badge and sats a text. 0477 736 736. That's 0477 736 736. This is Sports Day. We'll be right back. We're back. This is Sports Day for Kia. The all-new Kia Sorento has landed. And Red Energy for 100% Australian electricity and gas. 
Hey, Sats, I reckon it's a good time for you and I to uh, preview the grand final, have a good look at uh, what is going to happen, what could happen, what should happen. No doubt you're, as you've mentioned all week, you're going for your Panthers, and so you should be. And they're a massive chance after finishing on top of the table, winning 17 straight. I want to ask you first, who, who do you think need to be the best three Panthers players for them to get a victory? Oh, it's, it's obvious your, your hooker, your halfback, and um, I believe one of your front rowers. I think one of your front rowers has to has to set a platform. Who would that be for you? Well, I think it's James Fisher-Harris. I mean, James Tamo is the captain, and he's a tremendous player. Won a comp already, uh, got beaten in another one. But I think Fisher-Harris, because he's young, he's aggressive, and he'll I think he'll make it a point that um, that he wants to try and set a platform or set a standard mm. for for his side. So I think you need your halfback, your hooker, and one of your front rows to dominate. Yeah, I'm thinking the same with um, with the Melbourne Storm. Although I threw Pappenhausen in there. I think there's a bit of an edge there. I know Dylan Edwards is a good player, but Ryan Pappenhausen is in is in rare form, and I think they might have just have the edge in that department. Gee, it's hard to to get a, your head around exactly how this game's going to play out because both of these sides can can blow another team apart, but they're both very good defensive outfits, and that's really what's got them there. Yeah, I don't think, I mean, Penrith have been a side that have just, they've been front runners the whole year, haven't they? They've they've got out to big leads, and they've been able to hold those big leads. Many people asked some questions about what happens when a team gets in front. Are they going to have the composure and um, and the, not panic in the moment? The Roosters got the jump on them well, in the first round. Well, they the, answered that question yes. in that game. They got 10 or 12 points behind, and... They just resettled themselves and realigned what they what they meant to do, and and they came out and ended up beating the the Roosters that night. So, um, yes, it was only by one point, but I never ever thought the Roosters or the Panthers were in danger. It. Yeah, of, of losing the game. There's a possibility of rain, a chance. I think a pretty good chance of rain. What does that do to the way the Panthers play? And d- does that does that benefit them or the Storm or neither? Well, I don't think the Panthers really have a genuine game plan. I truly don't. I just think Ivan Cleary, and this has probably been one of his greatest assets this year as a coach, is that I don't think he's overcoached them. I think what he's done is he has, um, he's just opened up the gates at the start of the game and he's just harnessed them through that throughout the week, spoke to the key players and just gone, right, you go, you guys have been playing together half of your, half your rugby league lives. So go out and play what, how you need to play. Forwards need to do what they've got to do. Nathan, you know what you've got to do. Jerome, you just skip around and do what you do. So this is why they're so dangerous, difficult. Yeah, mm. and difficult to play against if there's no set game plan that you can break down and follow them and know most often what, what they're going to do next. That's when the good defensive teams can take over. But you're saying that the Panthers don't really have that. So that unpredictability is is their biggest asset. Yeah, but the greatest and asset it, the greatest asset for the Melbourne Storm is that they are the masters. I think I said this during the week, Badge. They're the masters of water torture. Getting a game plan and just w- and working it to the nth degree until something cracks. They, you know, the, the difference between both these sides, Badge, and it could either harm or hinder Penrith, is that they know one speed, and that is breakneck. Siren goes, two-minute buzzer goes, they're jumping, they're amped up, they yep. get out of the tunnel, and they try and blow you off the park with their enthusiasm and their energy. But it could hinder them because the Melbourne Storm know how to absorb a lot of pressure. They know how to speed the game up when they need to. They need to slow they know when to slow it down. They know when to in the number nine, doesn't he? They know when to turn it into a game that's just going to be in the middle of the field, which is going to be ugly and it's going to be it's just going to be an arm wrestle. And then 
they've got the ability to go, right, you know what we're going to do now? We're going to go two quick passes. We're going to get on the outside and we're going to use our speed. You've got to be able to adapt defensively. Uh, Penrith have been outstanding defensively this year, but it could either harm or hinder them. Okay, uh, Clive Churchill, medalist, and uh, the score. So we know you're going for the Panthers. Uh, for me, I'm thinking Jerome Hughes has to have a massive game for the Melbourne Storm. Uh, of course, Cam Smith, I think, will, and he's been there many times before. Uh, and Storm in a you know, maybe 24-18 kind of score line. Sats? I'm going – now, if you want to have a bet on this game, everyone, okay, we're going to go pick the score, 18-16, in favour of the Panthers. Jeez, righto. First try scorer, Stephen Crichton. Oh, there you go. Half-time lead – Melbourne, yeah, full-time leading Penrith Panthers win right, the game, winning. and Apicorosau, Clive Churchill. There you go. Righto. Panthers fans will be happy to hear that, and if that comes true, um, Sats won't have to come to work for the next two years or so <laughs> if he puts five bucks on that. This is Sports Day for Kia. The all-new Kia Sorento has landed. What do you think about all of those things? Clive Churchill, winner, loser, uh, first try scorer, zero four double seven seven three six seven three six, And we're going to get to a break. Back soon. You're listening to Sports Day. Have your say by dropping badge and sats a text. 0477 736 736. That's 0477 736 736. This is Sports Day. We'll be right back. We're back. This is Sports Day for Kia. The all-new Kia Sorento has landed. And red energy for 100% Australian electricity and gas. Now, hot topic time. For Pharmacy Sleep Services, test yourself for sleep apnea. So you're talking about uh, after the grand final a couple of days later. Have I told you about in I was in Brisbane uh, playing for Souths and we won the competition against the great mighty Wynnum, Wynnum Manley with Wally and Gene Miles and Greg Dowling, Colin Scott. They had a wonderful side, mm. Gary Coyne. Uh, and a few days later, Peter Jackson was in our, in our Souths team and a few days later, we're, we, well, the next day we'd... We're doing the uh, the rounds of our uh, local clubs and stuff that had supported us, and Jacko decided uh, early afternoon on the Monday that there was one guy in our lower grades team. All of our lower grades teams had made it. This, this young bloke, Mick Jackal, was the only player in the club that had an earring, and he'd he'd wear it, you know, to, before you know after games and whatever. And so he had it in, and Jacko said, "Mick, can I borrow your earring?" He said, "What for?" He said, "Oh, I just want to." I want to wear it. And he said, you haven't, his ear's not pierced. And he went, no, I will. So he grabbed the earring and tried to pierce his ear. And he said, Badge, help me, help me. He couldn't. So I had to push oh, this blunt earring oh, through his ear oh, to pierce it. Oh, I can see people squirming that was, oh, right It was now. just disgusting. But oh. he, he didn't care. Just uh, partied on. That's why Jacko was mad. As you would. Have we got any texts coming through his sets? Uh, we've got uh, Michelle at Sinclair. She says, guys, there'll be a one-point win in the grand final of Penrith. Mm. Well, I think I think Michelle supports the Panthers. She would be hoping that would be the case. Hey, Badge, on the back of celebrations, um, just a real quick one, 1989 Grand Finals, is it true you break into the boardroom and drank all their, drank all their alcohol from the No, bar? they just opened it all up. Oh, did they? No, no, no. But once again, Peter Jackson in Origin Camp <laughs> did that at Triple M in Brisbane. He, we, we ran out of places to go. And he, uh, yeah, he decided he, he found his way into the... Uh, the big manager, Jimmy Johnson's boardroom <laughs> or the room, and we uh, had a bit of fun in there. So, uh, yeah, you can uh, you can tell us anything you like about the grand final. What do you think? Who's going to win? By how much? He'll be the Clive Churchill medalist, the first try scorer. All of that, 0477736736. That was a hot topic for Pharmacy Sleep Services. Always tired. Visit your local pharmacy and test yourself for sleep apnea. This is Sports Day for Kia.
You're listening to Sports Day. Have your say by dropping Badge and Sats a text. 0477 736 736. That's 0477 736 736. This is Sports Day. We'll be right back. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.